Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, it's Gerald Glassford, Dean Gerald Glassford of Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and of course, right here what we do at Game Source, and also of course the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review, students, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share. Subscribe if you're on YouTube, please, as a fellow educational, you know, you know, just way to go ahead and help support Lakers Fast Break University. Please go ahead and subscribe below Professor Ox 1947 today, right there for you on YouTube, so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest episodes of the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is you can to go ahead and support us right here at Lakerholics.com, Lakersball.com, of course, everyone out there at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, go ahead and check out the great things that they do in the Southern California area at Sinblades, Sinblades with a Y.com. Okay, students, thanks for joining us so much. Class is now in session the bell is ringing and lakers fast break university is now back with another episode of lakers history 101 who are the minneapolis lakers that's the subject of today's lecture for today the history of the lakers dates all the way back to the late 40s the transition from detroit and the gems to what became the Minneapolis Lakers for the whopping amount of $15,000 is what Ben Berger and Morris Chalfin of Minnesota purchased from you know the Detroit Gems franchise. That's how much it cost to go ahead and get things started. The history-making change there from Detroit to Minneapolis. And what better way to go ahead and celebrate the area of Minneapolis than to celebrate the Great Lakes that surround that area what a better name to call them than the Lakers. But here today to discuss and to lecture each and every one of you students out there, you great students out there on the Minneapolis Lakers, is a good professor indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as Ox1947 when he's lecturing everyone out there at LakersBall.com. Plus, of course, Sin Blades. Go ahead and remember, if you're in the Southern California, 
area to go ahead and get your lawn transformed today by SimBladesWithAY.com. It is Professor Joe Sorrow and Professor, great to have you here. Thank you so much for wanting to go ahead and touch on this topic for today's students today. I hope the students and the entire class got a chance to read and watch the not so required homework, but it's a kind of a refresher kind of thing that you can study up on as far as giving the background of the team back in those days. But I wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts in your lecture today on who are the Minneapolis Lakers. The Minneapolis Lakers were the first basketball, professional basketball. I was waiting for that to happen. The, the I was, was going to take it off anyways. The monocle, unfortunately, fell. Yeah. The, uh, they were the first professional basketball dynasty. Now, I say professional basketball uh, because at the time in the late 40s, there were two leagues. The league that the Lakers were in initially was the National Basketball League. And they had the worst record in the one season they were known as the Detroit Gems. Yes. The Detroit Gems were essentially about to fold. They were bought and they were moved to Minnesota. For the whopping amount, like I mentioned earlier, Yes, $15,000. $15,000. And then changed the nicknames to the Lakers for obvious reasons and went on to be, at that time, the most successful expansion team in professional sports in the modern era, I would say. I'm not sure if there was a team in the late 1800s in some sport, but the 1947 Minneapolis Lakers won a championship in their first season as the Minneapolis Lakers. Now, I don't really consider that a... Well, let me ask you this. Is it because the 47 and 48 season was their initial season? It wasn't until 49 that they won their championship. Well, they won in 47, which means they entered the NBL in the 46, 1946 season which obviously ends up being the 47. It's technically the 47 season, but they started playing in 1946 after drafting George Mikan first overall. Mm-hmm. However, they <clears throat> moved or were transferred with the Rochester Royals to the BAA, which is now known as the NBA. Mm-hmm. And being in the NBA for the first year, They were also considered an expansion team and won a championship in the 1948-49 season. And then Uh, it was the year after that, the 47-48 season, they were the, uh, well, actually 47-48 season where they were in the NBL. Yeah, correct. The 48-49 season, they were in the BAA, the Basketball Association of America. And it wasn't until 49 that they entered the NBA itself. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, the 1947 title is not recognized by the NBA. Yes. And there was some discussion about that, you know, for a little while about why it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, just like one of those things where, of course, it's, if it's your team, you're going you're gonna to talk about it. If it's not your team, it doesn't count. So in this case, it doesn't count. So the Minneapolis Lakers, in terms of the franchise, are actually 
they actually won six league titles, but the 1947 title is not recognized in the NBA. So the Lakers went on to win in their first year in the NBA, which was formerly the, well, at the time they were the BAA still until they changed it to the uh, National Basketball Association. And they also went on to win back-to-back titles in 49 and 50. 1951, uh, the other team that came from the NBL, which are the Rochester Royals, which later on became the Kansas City Kings, Omaha, Kansas City Kings, and then eventually the Sacramento Kings, uh, won a championship in 1951. And then the Lakers went on to start a three-peat in 1952. 1953 and 1954. So the Lake, the, the Lakers were the first professional NBA dynasty, and George Mikan was the first NBA superstar uh, in a league that was kind of teetering between 12 teams to nine teams between its existence to probably late 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear a lot about how people will throw in that that little number, like, well, there were only nine teams at the time. There were only 10, 11, 12, whatever it was. In the end, guys, something as great as the NBA has to birth from something. The reason why the popularity of the NBA became what it became was because of the infancy of that time. You have George Mikan and the Lakers winning. He was so popular, they used to put in the marquee George Mikan versus whatever team they were playing. Yes. And at that time, people weren't very sensitive uh, in terms of, oh, well, why are they putting George Mikan? Like you never heard Clyde Lovelett or John, the coach, the head coach, the first Laker great coach, John Cudla. You never heard him complain or Jim Pollard or Slater Martin. Well, that's Martin. the thing, though. I mean, we all talk about how the NBA is a league of stars and the, how the league promotes its stars, whether it's on television, social media, or just basically print advertising. This is an earlier version of that, is it not? It is. Everything has a start. Mm-hmm. And technology will determine what what will become at that moment, Right. So when you fast forward to a Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan's ascension, sure, his talent, his charisma absolutely played a big part in it, but it also coincided with technology and the shoe era. You know, he happened to be a big part of why the shoe era became popular, but the shoe era was still somewhat there. You had the Chuck Taylors, you know, Chuck Taylors were worn by everyone, right? And you had some players who had the weapons, right? The old Converse uh, shoes that Magic and Larry Bird uh, wore. But the thing was, Jordan came in, and timing is everything in art, in, you know, anything sports, anything entertainment typically. So Jordan came in right at that time where marketing became more sophisticated. It's a lot of reasons why Bo Jackson was so popular in the late 80s and 90s. Yes, they had amazing talent, but it was the technology and how marketing advanced that helped guide those things just as much. So the Minneapolis Lakers, George Mikan, uh, you know, they were able to take advantage of that time. You're coming into 
the 50s. You're coming in after World War II, and now people are starting to see, you know, you, 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 you're starting to not just look at, I guess, clippings, like in baseball, basketball to, to some degree. Basketball was still a little behind on, you know, being able to watch it regularly on TV. Heck, it didn't even show it till even 40, 50 years later in yeah. terms of its regularity. So I mean, we talk about the Philadelphia famous final game six with Magic scoring all those points, 42 points, getting the MVP with Kareem out of the lineup. That was shown on tape delay. I remember that distinctly. It was shown on tape delay after the local news at 11.30 p.m. Yes, and, and, and you can do that at the time. Heck, even wrestling in the late 90s, you remember if WWF, WWE now actually was actually was that was actually on tape delay. And one of the things that Nitro and the WCW took advantage of is they would be little punks and essentially kind of at the time, the technology that they used, they would kind of tell people, Hey, this is what happened on raw. They would tape a live section. They would tape a live session of raw. And then they would also tape uh, at the same location the next week's raw so they would only be live every two weeks and then yeah that's what they did as sure far as away those so put that in perspective that was happening in the late 90s mm-hmm. okay even with the nba to some degree especially in the 2000s and i've mentioned this on the show is i couldn't watch the road games in san diego mm-hmm. kcal switched at some point where we weren't able to watch the road games on kcal uh, so now you're, I'm, I'm left to go to a, a restaurant that's showing uh, the NBA league pass or listening to them on the radio or following them online. So imagine now in the fifties, you have George Mikan, which in a lot of ways, there was some benefit in not having, re- you know, the ability to watch, let's say a George Mikan play, because there's sometimes these myths that get, that, that get created. Here's this six foot 10 basketball beast, right? George Mikan is the guy. You'll hear it through the box scores and newspapers. You'll hear it kind of in, you know, when people happen to, when teams come into a certain city, you might see him once and be able to say, man, you should have seen that guy. He guys has amazing hook shot. He's six foot 10. He's, he's amazing. And then that would kind of build that, le- build that legend, that one visual, that one sight of how he played. And then that would kind of carry that. And then slowly it went from Minneapolis to if the eventual, uh, you know, freaks of, of, of the NBA that helped pretty much build that that base even more, which was Wilt and Bill Russell. But what's intriguing about the Minneapolis Lakers is they, they were they were they were a great team with great leaders, Hall of Fame type players. I, I don't know if every guy on that uh, Banner is a Hall of Famer. I haven't had a chance to look at that. But most of these guys played at the University of Minnesota. Obviously, Mikan was drafted number one. They knew how good he was going to be. You had a, a team that was pretty pretty tight, pretty good, pretty, pretty good for a very long time. You're talking about a team that won six championships in two leagues mm-hmm. in eight years, I believe. Uh, they were just like the bulls of the fifties in the late forties. And you have to include them in, you have to include that team with the current NBA 
it 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 made an impact. When you talk about the Bulls dynasty, you talk about the Warriors dynasty, you talk about the Lakers three-peat of the early two thousands. You also have to consider the dynasty which you're talking about with the Minneapolis Lakers. Yes, you have to factor that in. I've heard things, you know, even Laker fans comment about, well, the Lake, the Celtics won a championship uh, during a time where there were only like nine teams. Yeah, well, if we're going to look at things that way, then you might as well not count the Yankee championships before 1947. Because people uh, consider the Bulls championships and the Celtics championships and the run that they went on as one of the greatest runs of all time. The Minneapolis Lakers runs is something that I think also people have to consider as well as being a fantastic run within the sports realm, no matter which sport you're talking about. In the end, I think sometimes we'll rationalize what's relevant and what's not due to your own bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if you want to get technical, let's say, I believe the merger, the ABA-NBA merger, of, it was in 1976. Yes. So 1976 and the Portland Trailblazers won the first championship, I believe, or was it the 75 Warriors? Were they the first to, at that time, I don't know if they called it the Larry O'Brien Trophy, but the, the current trophy as we know it now before because yeah, i don't think it was the larry o'brien trophy yeah right? i i I have, to, I have to look at that i'm kind of ashamed that i don't remember this but a lot of people considered once the aba and the nba merged that was kind of the modern nba and that's yes. what people go go to i think that's ridiculous because now you're discrediting a 69 and 13 1972 laker team that went 69 and 13. You're, you're also discrediting those Boston teams. And you're discrediting Boston. You're discrediting Wilt's 67 season. You're discrediting Willis Reed's, you know, walking on one leg. So let's just get this out of the way, guys. The reason why we want to talk about this is because it's important, not only to Lakers, but also to the NBA. The Minneapolis Lakers are just as relevant at dynasty as any dynasty that's gone on in the NBA. They were the firsts, okay? They were the first dynasty of a league that's now a $20 billion a year league. They are relevant. George Mikan is relevant. We actually forget, even as Laker fans, because it was in Minneapolis and because we haven't seen George Mikan play in, what, 70 years, that you don't factor him in as a Laker great. And then one of the, I've said this a few times, one of the few things that that, that Jeannie and, and Jeannie and the, and the Bus family have done is reinvigorate that banners those banners for minneapolis and retiring george mikan's number that number should stay next to all the laker greats because he is the first laker great now just because they were in minnesota doesn't mean that it's not the same franchise people okay you discredit the la raiders for their title in 1983-84 no i mean guys it's the same franchise what difference does it make are you going to discredit the raiders should they win a super bowl in about 80 years? No. It's still the Raiders. So just because you move cities doesn't mean your history should go down the toilet. Yeah. Now, I do like the fact that when Cleveland moved to Baltimore, they kept the history, Cleveland Browns, that is. They kept the history in town. They let Baltimore be an expansion team in dealing with the fact that Cleveland was going to get their own team in three years. I thought that was one of the best things Paul Tagliou did 
during his reign as commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I, I can't wait to see once the expansion team starts up again in Seattle, I'm hoping that there's a deal there where the Supersonics keep their history in Seattle with the new Sonics, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder become their own franchise. Because as of right now, it's Seattle slash OKC. They have the trophy in OKC for their 79 title when they were in Seattle. I would say that's more appropriate. I would think that would be more appropriate. I I don't see any of the sides disagreeing to it. I think Mm -hmm. that would be something that they can embrace. But then again, if they do eventually open up a new team in Seattle and hopefully Las Vegas as well, that in the case of Seattle, that they may want to go ahead and lean on a new history that they could be making. There could be that possibility as well. Again, I know it's a huge, I know it's, you know, Sonics have been out, have been gone a while now, but they have an important history. You know, they've won a championship. I think that holds water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, mentioned them uh, a little while ago because they were somewhat technically the first, well, one of the teams that that won a championship in its first year in the NFL after coming from the All American Football Conference. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of trying to figure, I'm trying to put this all together in terms of the relevancy of these teams, even in in, in an aged, you know, era, (laughs) you know, 50s is a pretty long way. It's 70 plus years, but the Minneapolis Lakers uh, deserve their credit. They They were, they were phenomenal. Uh, They, they won multiple championships. They were, they were first team to three Pete. First team to repeat, and it, it they had Elgin Baylor uh, one year, and unfortunately, he had you know got swept by the Celtics in 1959, and then moved to LA in 1960, drafted Jerry West, and then Chick Hearn uh, followed Jerry that same year, and that's where the Laker, I guess, uh, that's where the Laker history in terms of LA becomes relevant there. But they have to have their due. Those guys have to have their due. It's it's unfair to to to, to look at that and say, well, they didn't play a big part in helping the, the the NBA become what what they became. Matter of fact, for the longest time before Anthony Davis and and Paul Gasol, if you knew your Minneapolis history, you could have said that in terms of a pure power forward in Laker history, you could have argued that Vern Mickelson was the best power forward in Laker history. George Mikan, I I get asked a lot about who are your top five picks as Lakers. Now, I got two versions of that. The first version is, if you are going to ask me, because of the Laker legacy and the Laker lineage, which is so many great players, it's hard to pick, right? Yeah. I said, okay, I want to minimize that that list a little. So what I what I said was, I said, I'm going to pick the top five by position and they have to be only Lakers. They cut, they could not have played with any other team, which excludes a lot of people. Pau Gasol can't be there. Kareem can't be there. Um, Wilt. Wilt can't be there. So Jamal Wilkes can't be there. So you're talking about, okay, now we're going to stick to Laker only players. So George Mikan takes, Chat couldn't be on there. So George Mikan 
would be technically under those rules the first the the Lakers center all time. Then you got Kobe, then you got Magic, then you got Jerry West. Who is going to be your fifth guy? Um, your fifth guy could be James Worthy at that point. Um, you could put, if you're going by position, you could say that James Worthy was eh, power forward, but really wasn't. So who's the power forward? Who's the greatest power forward in Laker history that has never played for anyone? That's always going to, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Um, but Magic, Kobe, um, Jerry West for sure. And George Mike. And, and then I, I would put James Worthy in there in terms of Laker only greats. And then, of course, if you allow, you know, players that have come from different teams or end up playing with other play, other teams after their Laker career, uh, then that becomes a little bit easier. You can put Shaq in there. You can put Kareem in there. Uh, you could put any 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 Jamal Wilkes in there. So you're 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 you've got a little more to play with on that. But George Mikan is the greatest Laker center that didn't play for another team. So imagine that after. All the studs that we've seen wear the Laker uniform, known as the as the team with the centers. George Mikan is the only Laker great that's ever been a Laker from beginning to end. Not, and it doesn't matter if it was in Minneapolis or LA; it's still the same franchise. Mm-hmm. So that's that to me plays an important part. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts needing an edge for your fantasy football team Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. One of the things I want to ask you, and once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you being part of what we're doing here in class. As class is in session, it's Lakers History 101. Who are the Minneapolis Lakers? One thing I do want to ask you, when you run down the list of great names, in many cases, I'm not just trying to disrespect them in any way, but almost forgotten names in the history of basketball lore, you talk about, of course, George Mikan, who recently got his jersey retired in Crypto.com Arena, finally raised up to the, the, the rafters, long overdue for it. 
you know, is there any other names that stick out that haven't been honored that you feel are just deserving of it? I'm going to mention some of the names here that played an amount of their careers for the Minneapolis Lakers. Names like Bobby Slick Leonard, Arnie Farron, Slater Martin, Bob Williams, Larry Faust, Vern Mickelson, like you were talking about earlier, Jim Pollard, Frank Saul, Dick Garmarker, Dick uh, Schnicker, Clyde Lovelace, Bob Harrison, Whitney Skoog, and then, of course, Hot Rod Hunley and Elgin Baylor. Hot Rod and Elgin, you probably just want to go ahead and put to the side because they made their mark in their careers with other uh, other teams. Of course, with the Lakers for Elgin Baylor after they came to Los Angeles, but with Hot Rod Hunley, you know the history behind Hot Rod Hunley. became a sensational player otherwise at, in other places. But when it comes to those other names like I mentioned, is there anyone that you feel needs to get more love? Well, we there was a during the 2020 NBA Finals, the name Clyde Lovelett got a little pub. Yes. Uh, the reason why that is is he is the he and he at the time was the only Laker that had won a championship as a Laker and a Celtic, and Rajon Rondo at the time was going to be the first LA Laker. If should they have won at that time, they didn't know. Would he be the first L.A. Laker to win, or first player, I should say, to win uh, a title with, Bo- with the Boston Celtics and, and the, the L.A. Lakers. Lakers? And he did. So it's funny. I I didn't. I I mean, I, I know the history sometimes is in my head, but then you know some things might slip through the cracks. So Kyle Clyde Lovelett actually played not only for the Celtics and the Lakers, he also yes. played for the St. Louis Hawks. Yes. So at that time, you could say that. The, in today's terms, it's like a player playing for the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Sixers, right? At that time, that's... That and he is of, a Hall of Famer. He is. He was a three-time NBA champ. He won two in Boston. He won one in uh, Minneapolis with the Lakers. He was a four-time All-Star. Yeah, he won an NCAA championship in 1952. I mean, this guy... He's he, one of only eight players to win an NCAA title, NBA championship. I mean, and, and he played for Kansas. So this guy was around... He was around greatness from every end of, of every level of basketball. But he and, is the first to win a championship with the Celtics and the Lakers. Yes, he is the first Laker Celtic title champion. Mm-hmm. He and, and where where you can divide him and Ray Jean is Ray Jean won it in LA. But there's still it's still Lakers in Boston. So there's really two. Two players in the history of the NBA. And I, I'm going to be honest with you because this gets into what Bill Simmons has talked about in his podcast where he tries to fragment the Lakers uh, championships, not just the bubble, but he tries to separate the Minneapolis Lakers accomplishments. Well, I find it, it. I find it comical that he would say that. Well, but and if you, Bill Simmons, if Bill Simmons was here right now, I'd ask him, are you going to count the 1959 NBA championship that the Boston Celtics won? If the Minneapolis Lakers were were, were just some off the cuff before you know before uh, Moses wore you know a, a robe you know league come on well no I mean, but I'm but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is here is that you can't separate it you can't it's no you can't even separate you can't separate it especially that clown saying that okay if you're telling me that the Minneapolis Lakers Minneapolis Lakers are irrelevant to current history, then you need to take that 1959 Boston Celtics banner down because they beat the Minneapolis Lakers 
in that title. Are you going to take it down? No, they're not going to take it down. So what's your what's your point? See, this is the part. This is the part of this show that one day when we're as viral as they can get, we're going to find these guys and we're going to lay the smack down on them like this. Because how are you going to argue that? You tell me, Gerald. Tell me how you how is that guy going to argue that if you lay that on to him? He's going to look like a buffoon. You can. You can. absolutely can. You can. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, my voice, my volume went up because that's kind of my personality. But if I'm in an interview or if I'm doing a show with, with someone who says something like that, I'll probably be a little bit more calm and kind of let, let that simmer down, see what he says. But that's just, you know, that's the fun part about knowing history and knowing, knowing stuff, knowing the facts. You, get, you better come with your facts and you better come with something legit. If you start talking dumb, you're, 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 you're liable to get smacked around, you know, with, with, with whatever you're rationalizing in your head. Absolutely. I bet I you, he, does won. he even know they beat the Lakers in 1959? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would. Shoot. Then why would he say that? Again, I think he does a lot of stuff for tongue-in-cheek purposes. I don't I think, think that's tongue-in-cheek. I bet that's him just being a jerk. Well, that's probably the goal. I can go deep. I can go deep. I can go really deep on the Buffalo Braves and the Celtics switching teams. Exactly. That, uh, that mm. situation there. Yeah. 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 It doesn't feel so good when it gets flipped on you, huh? So you guys got to know your history, man. If you guys are going to discredit people, you're basically crapping on the first NBA superstar, George Mikan, when you talk like that. You basically discredit that guy. So let's talk about George Mikan because, again, his finally his jersey got retired and got put up in the rafters here at Crypto.com Arena here just recently. Why did it take so long for George Mikan's name, you know, his jersey, his his memory, his his name to be you know vaunted in Lakers history. I under, I get the fact that it's Minneapolis and Los Angeles. They're two. It's almost the times like it's it it is itself within Laker lore fragmented because a lot of Lakers don't remember or don't you know fully understand the history that came with Minneapolis. They should, and that's what we're trying to do here with this show, but. Why did it take so long for the actual franchise itself to go ahead and not honor George Mikan any sooner? I don't think there's anything deliberate. I just think it wasn't probably a priority. It's been so for long. How I mean, many decades? Yeah, it's it. You know, he retired. I think he came back in 1956 for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and then decided to retire. I think halfway through the the, the 56 season because his body was just not. He was just wasn't the same player. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, what is that, 56? You're looking at 44 plus 54, 64. You're looking at 66 years mm-hmm. the last time George Mikan was playing in the NBA. I mean, you might as well, we might as well have, you know, our old, our, some of our parents are not that old. Yeah, but and, if we're going to go ahead and remember and attach the, the history of the Minneapolis Lakers to the Los Angeles Lakers, to this as one franchise, shouldn't we have honored George? We should have, we should have. And they did to some degree, you know, by putting the banner up there with, you know, with, 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 with the five championships, the, the five championships and the, and the, the, the Minneapolis greats with, with John Cudla, the five time championship coach. Mm-hmm. But 
they 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 advanced it. They advanced it this year. They they created their own separate banners, which I thought was a fantastic idea. The, the banners are gorgeous. I love I love the colors. Love the 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 lighting around it. It's great. And then retiring ninety nine in that cool jersey. I only I only think I only think they should just make that. They should put Mike in on there. Then people know what that jersey is. I know they didn't wear the names on there, but we need you know. Let let people remember that name. Mike is a pretty unique name. Yeah. It, it, it'll stick to your memory if you see it. So I think they should just put Mike in on that jersey. And it's it's it you know it's never you know it's, it, I know it's late, but they they did it, and that's a good thing. Should the team honor the NBL championship that they won in forty seven? Should they at least recognize it in some form or fashion? No, it was a different league, so. They didn't really merge with the BAA, and it's just like the AFL championships. You know, you you know, you know that it, it doesn't matter. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So the, so you you got for the first four years uh, of the Super Bowls, it wasn't technically the NFL. It wasn't technically the NFL Super Bowl. It was the AFL league separate league playing the NFL separate league that that played for the world champion, right? The first four years. Then they merged in 1970, and then it became one league, which turned into AFC, NFC versus AFL, NFL. Um, the Green Bay Packers won the first two. The Jets won the third, and then the Kansas City Chiefs won the fourth. Now, you'll have some people say, because Green Bay beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl One, Green Bay beat the Raiders in Super Bowl two, the Jets beat the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three, and Kansas City beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl four. Now, technically, you have four NFL champions in that those four Super Bowls, right? Yeah. I guess you could put that banner there that the Minneapolis, the, the, the Minnesota Vikings won the NFL championship or Baltimore Colts won the NFL championships but there were the, the 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 championship game changed you know those four years it went to a higher level so i don't we don't recognize, I, I i don't i wouldn't recognize at least if i was a, a vikings fan or a colts fan i wouldn't recognize the NFL championships in those years but i would count obviously the colts won in 1958 the overtime game against the giants Mm-hmm. I would count that because there was no AFL. You weren't playing the AFL in any kind of title game. So it's kind of the same thing with the NBL and the BAA at the time, and then it turned into the NBA. The NBL, they, they took two of the teams out of there and put it in the BAA, which turned into the NBA. It, it was a separate league. So you're not going to say that the Buffalo Bills were the champions in 1961. You know, okay. that this 1961 champion is the Green Bay Packers. 62 was the Green Bay Packers. 63 was the Bears. So you don't talk about the San Diego Chargers winning in 1963. You just don't. AFL is gone. It became the NFL. So I'm okay with it. Um, matter of fact, the, re- the, the reality of the whole championship thing is, is it, it's a status thing. Uh, we all like to have fun with it. We all like to say, hey, the, 
the Minneapolis Lakers three-peated. The Lakers technically have three-peated twice as a as a, as a, as a franchise, uh, just as much as the Bulls, right? They've yeah. gone back-to-back three times, 49-50, uh, 89-10. They three-peated in 2000, 2001, 2002, and then they three-peated in uh, 52, 53, and 54. Uh, they won a title in 72. They won a title in 2020. So that's how all that merges in. So it's it's it, it it's it's relevant. It's fun to talk about. But as far as, you know, where we are, that's why I always say, you know, because I was here. I, I was coherent enough and old enough to understand technically really everything from 1991 till now. So when I talk about championships i talk about the six championships that i have been coherent enough and old enough to understand and follow and really have that resonate into who i am when we talk about the steelers i only talk about two super bowls i've been alive for two other super bowls but i don't talk about the 1978 and 1979 super bowls i i was zero was one and two years old even the laker championships in 80, 82, 85, 87, and 88. I wasn't really understanding at th- that point. Matter of fact, I was more of a baseball. It more started with baseball in 1988 than anything else. It was almost like in succession. Baseball was a good memory starting in 1988 when the Dodgers beat the A's in the World Series and you had the famous Kirk Gibson home run. That was very vivid. I considered that a part of my championship coherent run. 1989, I start getting into football, the the Steelers. So everything from 89 and beyond, I, I, I can hold water on that. Then the Lakers was 1990, 91. 91, the first championship Jordan won. That, that season was when I got entrenched with the Lakers. So that's kind of how, that's my timeline. So in my timeline, I've seen the Dodgers win two World Series. I've seen the Lakers win six championships. And I've seen the Steelers win two Super Bowls. That's what I attribute to my era. I don't really consider the other stuff. It's just for history information and to kind of give credibility to the Lakers or whomever's, you know, had that history. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Lakers History 101 class is still in session. If you have any questions for the professor or for me, the dean of Lakers Fast Break University, you can always go ahead and let us know right below in the comments. Also as well in on YouTube, Facebook as well, of course, Twitch, and of course, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. And if you want to do the old email, if you want to email the professor or the dean here, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Look at the monocle right there on Professor Ox1947. Looks very dignified, absolutely, as he gives you 
the knowledge that he's giving out to you on the Minneapolis Lakers. But before we head on out, got about 20 minutes left. Wanted to go ahead and talk to you a little bit more about the legacy that the Minneapolis Lakers have left behind because that's something I think that doesn't get talked about enough. We all know about the three-peat for the Lakers. We all know about the back-to-back. We all know about the early dynasty days of the 1970s, which I know was talked about earlier in the chat in regards to the 33 wins in a row by the team. We also talk about the Showtime era of the, the 80s for the team, but it's often, again, forgotten about just how good the Minneapolis Lakers really were. Well, the legacy is they were the bridge to what the Lakers ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. If they were a fold, they were about they were a folding franchise one season in, in Detroit. And when they came to Minneapolis, they drafted George Mikan and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. That bridge, which is what the Minneapolis Lakers are, is what built what the current Lakers it bridged the two, you know, from from non-existence to, in my opinion, the greatest basketball franchise on the planet. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important part of this. It's very important to recognize that time, those titles, and those players. If you don't recognize them, you are you're not, in my opinion, intelligent enough to understand what's important, mm-hmm. especially when it comes from a sport sports standpoint. From a sporting standpoint, you you might as well just say Jackie Robinson and the you know nineteen forty seven didn't mean anything. Well, why? Well, because it was in the in the mid forties. You know the game. Jackie Robinson was stealing home every other at bat. You know we don't do that anymore. Okay. Well, then you might as well just get rid of the dead ball era too. Get rid of Walter Johnson. Get rid of Cy Young. All the guys that you only know because they've labeled the most important awards after them. Um, you might as well just start 1980 for everything. It's a, it's, it's a ridiculous thought even to think about it. Um, they are the bridge. They are the visual of what the Lakers turned into, which was, in my opinion, the best basketball franchise on the planet. And very few that are close, even though the Celtics have the same amount of titles. I don't believe the Boston Celtics have, as big a reach as the Lakers do worldwide. Why? That all, what, what also plays a part in it is the fact that the Lakers had four players that were beyond transcending. You had Wilt, you had Kareem, you had Magic, and you had uh, Kobe. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to go to China and you'd have to go to the Philippines to really understand how unbelievably popular Kobe was towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Very few people really understand that. If you watch the Redeem team, LeBron, I think, hints at how crazy people were for Kobe in China. I heard 20 years ago that Kobe was more popular than Yao Ming. Imagine that. I believe it. So what does LA, LA gets another team if the Minneapolis Lakers don't get to LA? They'll, they would have gotten another team. But we wouldn't have had Elgin Baylor. We probably wouldn't have had Jerry West. And we want to, we want to, we want to talk about Elgin Baylor because he was drafted by the Minneapolis Lakers, and he was the guy holding the key to the bridge to Jerry West and L.A. and Chicago. This is very important to understand. This there's a lineage 
to that. And you have to respect it. The Lakers, believe it or not, this year, with all their lack of respect for so many things, they actually did something really good this year in honoring those five championships and honoring Mike and his family. And hopefully in some capacity down the line, they can take Coach John Kudla and the other five players that are on that banner and maybe have their jerseys retired as well. And that's what I wanted to ask you because Mickelson stands out. Lovelet stands out. They're both Hall of Famers. Mm. You know, why is it, why aren't they mentioned as far as getting their banners raised as well, getting their jerseys raised as well? I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against them if they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, a, it's still a beautiful thing. If it was me, or and let's say you know, uh, Vern Mickelson was my great grand, was my grandfather. I'd still be honored the fact that I'm looking at Vern Mickelson's name right next to Kareem and and Mike and and those and those kind of player and, and and all the amazing players on that on the in the rafters. Uh, if they want to do it, great. Uh, if they don't, he's it's he's still up there. He's still up there, and at some point, it's like okay, we've done we've done what we've done. Let's let's start kind of getting past this now. Now they've done enough. In my book, they've done enough. In my book, they've done enough. I think they still need to do more. I think if you're honored by uh, induction in the Hall of Fame in whatever category, whether it's announcer, obviously with Chip Hearn, uh, I think Stu Lance at some point in time may be considered for the Hall of Fame just because he's been such an iconic part of the Lakers organization or uh, you know some type of retirement for him as well. I think that also you got to go ahead and consider – what uh, Lawrence Tanter has done for the buildings of both the forum and now the crypto.com arena. Hopefully they'll honor him because he's been doing this for over 40 years, as far as the iconic voice that he's had for so many decades. And then of course you've got uh, what we see with the actual players themselves. I believe if you've made the hall of fame, you should at least be honored by the team and singled out by the team in some sort of honor. Well, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I don't know if Stu's going to go to the Hall of Fame. So I don't know. On the broadcasting part? Yeah. Um, Clyde Lovelett wore, what number did he wear? Well, when it comes to those those players, like I said, Clive Lovelett and Vern Mickelson, I mean, to, to me, they, they stand out. Their stats stand out for that period of time. Would they be comparative to what is now? No, no, you're, you can't compare. Eras you can't do that. Time. That's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. The Lakers, one of the great things that the Lakers ha- have done is they, they didn't turn into the Celtics where they would put any jersey up. You know, you have a 10 day contract. You put you, you get your jersey gets retired up there. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Where do you draw the line? You know, I don't want to ever see a conference championship banner or a division right which that would never happen because we've had like we have like 34 conference championships i think you can fit it all in there in the draft but like you mentioned earlier john cunley he's in in the hall of fame he should be honored and raised up as far as the. to me it's a big thing to me it's a big thing it just shows me that the organization the league has already recognized them the organization i believe should recognize them and single them out i'm not going to argue against it g Clyde wore 89 as a Laker. Mm-hmm. So you can retire that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vern Mickelson wore 19. Mm-hmm. John Kudla, you can 
I mean, they haven't put Pat Riley up there. They haven't put Phil Jackson up there. I don't know if they're going to do that. Uh, if you put Phil Jack, if you if you put Phil Jackson and Pat Riley up there, then you have you to put, put Cuddle yeah. in there. I don't know. I I I, I, I think the, the easiest answer for that is because of do. Riley. Riley won five in how many years? And Cuddle won five. So in how Riley, many years? as the head coach, won four. Okay. Phil won five, and he was assistant coach in the other. Correct. Uh, he was an assistant coach in 1980. Uh, some say that he somewhat was the coach, but we not not officially, right? Um, we got to give Paul Westhead some credit there. He Absolutely. did a good job in 1980. You uh, both. They have three coaches right now, and this is the thing with the Lakers. This is why they're the best. It's why they're the best ever in terms of basketball in the world. Mm. You have three coaches, okay, three, that have won 14 championships. I mean, you're just – and how do you not put Bill Sharman in there too, right? Bill Sharman is a great too. So how do you not put Bill Sharman in there as well, even though he only won one title in 72? So I I, I think at some point you're going to have to – I just think it's a neglect. We had this discussion with the, with the, with the statues. Like how many statues are we going to put out there? We could put one for Michael Cooper. We could put one for James Worthy. And you know? I, I get that. I'm not talking about statues because, like you said, if you're statues, there's only so much space along that boulevard. But when it comes to honoring them and putting something into the rafters, that doesn't take a whole lot of effort or a whole lot of cost for something that to go ahead and sustain itself over the course of time. And the fact is that, you know, the Minneapolis Lakers have not been around for decades. And it just seems like the, the Los Angeles Lakers, they want to include it when you include the 17 World Championships. But when you when you don't acknowledge it as much as you should, or you don't honor it as much as you should, it just seems like they're forgetting about it or they're intentionally ignoring it whenever they want to, because it just seems to me, I, I, I'm not, I'm irritated, but I'm not to the point where I'm upset about it. It's not like to the level where you take away the lifetime seats of Jerry West or the PPP loan or that level of anger. It just seems to me like it's almost like they've forgotten about how great a history that they've had. I don't think they've forgotten. I think they remembered it. That's why they did what they did with the well, banners. Grouping it all at one time. Yeah, and, and separate. And, Separating those banners was a very clear-cut evidence that they did care. And retiring Mikan's number, they did care. If, if they retire the other guy's numbers, cool. If they don't, they're still up there. They're still – even if they hadn't done what they did with the banners uh, – individually i still we still recognize them they're still up there next to kareem and wilt and kobe and at this point i'm just i'm excited about march 7th to see powell's number and i'm hoping it goes in between 24 and 8 it better that has to happen it makes way too much sense there's too much synergy there there's too much just perfectness with 24 and powers in between the powers in between the 8 and 24 when Powell got there, 24 became relevant from eight. It's it's just too beautiful. And I think that's what they're doing. And to me, that that's that's what I'm that, that's what I'm gonna pay attention to. I wasn't around in the 50s. I could talk about the history because I read and I remember this stuff, but I don't know how good Vern was. I don't know how good Clyde was. I know they were good in terms of their stats and their information, but I don't know. I don't know how good they were. And I'm not gonna compare those guys to guys of today. That's just not smart. You can't do that. You can't. You can't. You just can't do that. 
different game, different medicine, different hundred things. This is. I, I just know that if they're in the Naismith Hall of Fame, if you go to Na- the Naismith Hall of Fame and you see them there, you see them, their names, you see their statues, you see their busts or whatever, you see the highlights of their career honored in such a fashion. I just think at the very least that the team itself should honor the, honor them singularly themselves. Well, I think you should run a campaign for that. Uh, that's what we're trying to do here at the Lakers Fast Break yeah. with Lakers History 101. I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay. Any any Hall of Famer on that list, which right now it's Vern and Clyde, right? No one else other than yeah. John Cudlow. Yeah. Right? Yep. So if you're campaigning for those two jerseys and the number 19 and number 89, you can put them up there. And on also, you got to consider the coaches, you know, when you talk about uh, – just seems like there's a lot of things left that the Lakers as an organization you, you, need to you, do. You, you, it never ends. I mean, are we going to ever – I mean, don't you That's think – That's what happens when you have 17 world championships. Don't you think 12 years of one of the best Lakers of all time, even though he's not a Hall of Famer, what if what if Michael Cooper gets in the Hall of Fame? Now you're going to put 21 up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's – and even even without that, it's it's Michael Cooper. This is a twelve year Laker only player, defensive player of the year, five time champion, part of the core of what the Showtime Lakers were. He was the one of the pioneers of the three point shot in the eighties. He made three point shooting relevant and deadly. It's it's a lot of stuff, man. It's a lot of stuff and. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to anticipate if that should that stuff should happen because you want to honor those guys. Love Michael Cooper. I love those guys. That that eighties team, you know. So, but you know, at at what point is it enough? It's probably never going to be enough. Are you going to put a a statue of George Mikan out there? He's the first Laker great. Well, I would. I think the Mikan one I would do. The Mikan one I would do. You got Oscar De La Hoya out there though. You got Taylor Swift's banner up in in crypto. How about Oscar De La Hoya? He means so much to the Southern California community. I I, I get it. I get it. Uh, But I don't think his statue should be outside. I know he probably had a lot of fights at Staples at the time. But it's a a basketball and hockey arena, guys. Uh, Luke Robitaille, Wayne Gretzky. Yes, I get it. Even though Wayne never played uh, at the Staples Center. But... Because there are now people walking by the Chick Hearn, you know, where he's sitting at the desk right mm-hmm. there, the statue. They're walking by and they're like, who's this guy? I mean, the other night when they honored him on the, what is it, one of the most recent games, the Lakers station that they did. They, I know it was Chick Hearn night as far as the, at the, at this, you know, at the crypt. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were going, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Because now generations have passed since he's announced games. Uh, that's the same thing as when it comes to history. You have to keep reminding people. And one of the ways I think that we should remind people as an organization is by going ahead and honoring the greatest players of that era in the rafters in a singular fashion, having them stand out because I think their efforts and their time deserve it. We'll keep campaigning for that. Okay. But my, I think a, pri- a priority as a Laker fan is to focus more on now. I'm I'm more concerned with banner 18 going up there than you and I both but worrying yeah. about 
number 19 and 89 going up there. <laughs> but, but Professor Joe, this is Lakers History 101, and we still have to go ahead and share our thoughts during the course of our lecture, which we truly appreciate all of our students standing by for class today. Once again, it's Professor Joe Sorrell. Please go ahead and check him out as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And if you want your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today in the Southern California area, go ahead and check out Simblades with a Y, Simblades.com. Plus our good friend, Laker Tom. Laker Tom is available as the number one Lakers blogger at Lakerholics.com. You also have Jamie Sweet with his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. Hopefully, Professor Sean Grice will also be attending I do want to mention before we head on out and before the class bell rings, Joe, Professor Joe, I wanted to go ahead and as our next subject that we wanted to touch upon is something that is very interesting that was mentioned by one of our great followers on our email, Nicholas Medina. And Nick Medina, he asked if we could go ahead and on one of the subjects talk about the Kobe Bryant Vlade Divac trade. Could that be the next lecture that you could be attending and could be part of? On our next class of Lakers History 101, it's a history class that's pretty familiar. Uh-huh. Uh, Vladi Divac, I'll give you a little bit of prelude to, to what we will discuss. Vladi Divac had threatened to retire when he found out he was going to Charlotte. Uh, I don't know how serious he was, uh-huh. uh, and it, it was it was a it was a bummer. I think that's the word that comes out in my head. Because how do you how do you criticize someone who loved being a Laker as much as Vladi did and loved LA as much as Vladi did? Um, it had he to. Was, have been. He was he was my favorite Laker at that time. He he was he was hurt. He was hurt, and not in a way where he felt betrayed. It's just he was hurt that he 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 he, 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 he his Laker career was over. Yeah, and. His agent probably wisened him up, his family. But hey, look, you can't retire. You're, you're making $4 million a year or $3 million, whatever it was he was making. Go play in Charlotte, you know, have a good career and don't worry about it. So, oh, yeah. And, and that trade, I think it's an understatement to say that that trade changed the course of history, changed the course of the NBA. Kobe Bryant, and I, I, I say this a lot, Kobe Bryant – Never in my wildest sports dreams, after watching Michael Jordan be who he was from the, in the 90s and being around Bulls fans and being just destroyed by Bulls fans, all the fair weather punks that went away once Jordan retired, of course, because uh, we, we stayed. We stayed. Laker fans stayed when Magic retired. We stayed for the Sedell Threats and the Terry Teagles and the Eldon Campbells and the Vlade Divots and the Cedric Sabalases. We stayed. We never became... Fairweather fans, we were supporting those teams, and they 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 played their hearts out in that mid ninety era. But man, what a summer! Fisher, Shaq, and Kobe in a month. And we'll definitely talk about that on the next lecture for Professor Joe Soro, as we will talk about the Vladi Divac or Vladi Divac, however you want to go ahead and pronounce it. It's actually Divac. Well, Divac. So Divac. don't don't make a mistake like that again. Well, maybe. no, he said Vlade Divac before. So. Divac. Okay. Well, again. Luka Doncic. Well, okay. 
been pronounced so many different ways, so I will just say that in need. But it is the Vlade Divac. Divac? Divac? It could be Divac. We'll go ahead and talk about that on our next class of Lakers History 101. Thank you so much, students. The bell is now ringing. It is time to go ahead and depart for your next class here at Lakers Fast Break University. But we'll be back tomorrow for the game against Milwaukee starting at 4.30 p.m. I believe Laker Tom will be heading that up as far as the live watch party. And then we'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific for the post game. That's 9 p.m. Pacific for the post game. Hopefully you will join us then. It's going to be a little bit later than usual. We do apologize for that, especially on for an East Coast game. But 9 p.m. Pacific for the Lakers and Milwaukee post game. Thank you so much for attending class, everyone. We give you all an A for the test and the quiz that you just took right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thanks so much for watching, class. Class dismissed.